Coming up next, Trailer Talk with Sabrina Artel. Stay tuned. WJFF Spring Gathering Pledge Drive starts March 29th. If you received a letter from WJFF asking for support, please return it with your donation today. And if you can make a contribution of $250, $500, or more, then make that contribution and challenge your fellow listeners to match it. Return your letter or contribute now at WJFFradio.org. Thank you. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline travel trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. What potential does a garden have to transform a neighborhood? I visited artist Julie Burley, the founder of the Raymond Avenue Neighborhood Garden in South Central Los Angeles in the winter when the garden was a year old. Knowing that my own garden was under many feet of snow and the closest thing I'd get to picking fresh fruits and vegetables there was in my memory and would have to wait until the late spring in the very short growing season of my home in the Catskills of New York made my visit to this Los Angeles garden even more necessary for my currently ice-bound wintertime reality. Julie Burley grew up on a farm in Louisiana, but has spent her adult life living in cities and moved to Los Angeles eight years ago. Julie transformed a vacant lot in her urban neighborhood into an organic community garden as a continuation of her interest in growing her own food and helping others do so too. Please join us, Julie, and her son, Oliver Opie, as we tour the garden. I'm walking with Julie Burley and Oliver Opie to the community garden that Julie, Julie, you, this was your idea, wasn't it? it was. This garden, and oh. this is on your street in your neighborhood. Yes, the Raymond Avenue Neighborhood Garden, and it's on Raymond Avenue in uh, West Adams, which is uh, South Central L.A., and here we are. Here we are. At the gate, I see some people working inside, and there's a sign out front, the Raymond Avenue Neighborhood Garden, a community of organic gardeners. And then it says, for more information, call Julie, and it's in English and Spanish. It's a beautiful day here in the West Adams neighborhood of Los Angeles. The sun is shining, and we're in the garden now. I'm seeing raised garden beds. I'm seeing all kinds of vegetables growing. I'm sure, Julie, you can help me out with some of these things. Yeah, lots of carrots growing here. Lettuces. I'll show you. Heidi, this is my friend. Please nice please. to meet you. What's your name? Heidi Carvalho. Hi, Heidi. So you're here with your kids? kids your three kids? Isabel and Matthew. Hello. So you're here with your kids. You're watering your plot here of vegetables. What are you growing? Uh, we have onions, carrots, and lettuce, and some. We don't know exactly what it is, <laughs> but... Um, most we have carrots right here on this side and we have green onions right in the corner and some beans green beans and some letters different kind of letters 
and this part right here, I don't know. <laughs> Heidi, when did you become involved with this community garden and where do you live? I live on the 2949 Raymond Avenue and I probably like three months ago, I became a gardening and I really enjoy it. The kids love it coming over here. <laughs> So have you gardened like this before, grown your own vegetables? No, this is our first time. Well, this is our second time. My first, what I planned was corn and zucchini. That was our first vegetables to grow. This is our second time. So, so far we're doing okay, I guess, but yeah. And has it changed your relationship with your neighbors at all to be able to come here and share in the growing of these vegetables? Uh, yes, because now I know more people. Like if we walk in on the street, like, hey, you know, we know each other more. Like before I didn't know anybody. So now I have like more friends to talk to or, you know, people, the neighbors. So it's more, I like it because you, it's a way that you can meet people. and started a friendship. How wonderful and I see your daughter is talking to Julie right now and has been watering and you said it's great for the kids. What are what are they learning here with you and what are you learning in tending to this garden bed? Well um, the kids like it because we plant where they like like my daughter loves carrots so every time we put carrots, um, she likes we wash it and she always eat it before we go home. And so we never got vegetables at home. She always see the the carrots, and uh, I believe they're learning how to grow their own vegetables. And you know how little by little they see that we plant a little seed, little by little they see how the the vegetable grows. So beautiful here. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. It's just wonderful being here and seeing the bursting of different vegetables I see. Are those beet greens or red? Oh, look at Oliver. Oliver just picked a big carrot out of his plot. It's pretty cool to, you know, yank that out of the ground. Absolutely, and now he's, he's, now he's like a sword and running around with it. <laughs> and it's a white it's carrot. white carrot, yeah. I just got a pack of seeds that had red carrots, yellow carrots, and white carrots, and they, they did really well. I, I just pulled a ton of them yesterday. So uh, they're big, and the white ones are really, really sweet. And Heidi, what do you have in that bag? I'm walking over now to Heidi's harvest bag. So what do you have there in your bag? This is um, carrots. So green onions, we have green onions here. Oh, beautiful. And to cook it. You cook that, the green onion? And we have some lettuce. So do you find that you are eating quite often each week from what you're growing in this garden? Sometimes, you know, like um, when, when my husband said, can you make some salad? And instead of going to the market and buy the lettuce, I know I have a lot of lettuce, so I just come and pick up my lettuce here. And sometimes we are, you know, I have a different friends and we all sharing our vegetables. Like we have more oh. than, so we like, you know, she will give me a little from his and I will give him a little from mine. So, Julie, how did you come up with this idea? We're standing here between an apartment building on one side. Both apartment so we're standing between two apartment buildings on your block in Los Angeles. 
This is a private piece of property. It is, yeah. It's a private piece of property, and I've lived in the on this street for seven years and just started to wonder a few years ago, wow, I wonder who owns that spot, and wouldn't it make a great community garden, and I really like gardening and really wanted to grow food, and so I started looking into it about a year and a half ago and found out who owned it, contacted her, and just through a series of several conversations, we just worked out that she would let us use it uh, and when she needed it back, we would give it back right away. But it's been sitting here empty for something like 17 years. That there was a house on it that burnt down, and it's just been sitting since then. So, when you found out who owned this private piece of property, which has become this community garden, was she at all surprised? What was that? Was that easy in this case for the property owner to agree? I think it was easy for her to agree. It was hard for us to figure out like if there would be rental terms or would we try to buy the property and and so we kind of went a bite of it. Thank you. So we kind of went around in circles for a while and then um, she had always seemed kind of positive about the idea of the project so I just said can we just use it and would you sign something saying we can use it and we'll leave when you need us to leave and she said sure. The LA Conservation Corps and the LA Community Garden Council I contacted them and they helped me sort of plan out the garden and then they actually provided um, a crew of people to help build the garden beds along with people in the neighborhood. I put up signs saying come and get a plot, this is going to be a garden, we're going to work on this day, and so people came and we had, uh, you know, over the course of a month built these 37 plots, each one is uh, raised beds, each one is uh, 50 square feet. We were signed up almost 100% like within the next month, and so we have an, a waiting list now that's got eight people on it, I think, and so we've maintained a waiting list. A few people have moved on or moved out of the neighborhood and given up their plots, and then um, we've always had somebody waiting to take it on. What was this plot of land, this, as you said, there was a house here that had burned down. It had been vacant for 17 years. What was it like? What kind of preparation did you have to do here? I'm looking at a be beautiful raised beds. Yeah. It had to be cleaned up. There was a lot of trash on it, and there were like four-foot-high weeds, so we picked up all the trash very carefully. There was a lot of various things on the property. And, um, and there, um, there was a fork. Yeah, there was a fork. I was digging in the ground and I pulled a purse out of the ground. <laughs> you excavated, excavated during your archaeological dig really, a really purse. Old bricks probably from the house that was here because all the houses are pretty old around here. The weeds were just like really thick and dense and um, we got a lot of help. Actually, they did 80% of the work, the Conservation Corps and their crew just uh, digging up the weeds and then we got six loads of uh, this kind of wood chip mulch free from the city and uh, we spread it all out and built the beds and then we got dirt delivered and filled it up, filled them up and um, I would say the bulk of the work got done in about three months after about six months of planning. You said certain things were donated through the city, through the conservation mm -hmm. group. Is there a larger umbrella of community gardens, some sort of network that yeah, can help um, contribute with, I see, the you know, takes pieces of lumber to build yeah, these raised the, beds. It's called the Los, Los Angeles Conservation Corps, and they're a large organization that the Los Angeles Community Garden Council is under. And so those two organizations provided the wood, provided a lot of help, provided a lot of guidance. Um, helped me to figure out contracts for the gardeners to sign so that, you know, we kind of get into agreements about 
what you can and can't do in the garden and so they just they really helped me with all of that so we have uh, fruit trees planted back here we have an avocado tree we have a fig tree over here apple tree peach tree, lemon tree, and a plum tree. I got those really inexpensively from a, a horticultural sale. And then a lot of these plants we just planted from seed. And these are kind of like herbs and things you could use in tea and also just flowers that will attract beneficial insects. Because I, I didn't say before, it's an organic garden, so nobody's allowed to use any kind of chemicals. So we're learning about how to attract the bugs that eat the bugs that we don't like. So you plant things that attract like predator wasps or that attract lace wings that eat the aphids because the aphids will kill your plants. And so um, I'm learning a lot about that, just how to kind of set up this balanced ecosystem so that we can support growing this food. We also had have had to mend the soil a lot and we now have compost that we make, but it took, you know, several months to get a good pile of compost going. So we spent some money on um, on soil amendments. Are people bringing compost from their homes and they're adding yeah, it here? Are bringing like vegetable scraps from their homes and we also have um, we have like a, a list of chores and one of them is to pick up coffee grounds, use coffee grounds from the Starbucks that's a few blocks away and that we dump into the compost and also horse manure that I get at the stable and we dump that in. Dried leaves that we collect from people's yards in the neighborhood. So, Do some of the people here have yards that they would be able to grow vegetables no. in? or not, not necessarily? Really. I mean, there's probably a couple that do. I would say most of the people in the garden um, live in apartments and don't have much outdoor space if, if they have any. I mean, like this apartment building and this apartment building have, are completely concrete. The space around the buildings are just concrete. So we do have some people from each one of these buildings who are in the garden. And as you say, you're also creating an ecology here. And yeah. so as you cultivate that, the vegetables and the fruits here and the herbs that I'm looking at at the end of the garden will then grow better. And so yeah, now the first season of things that I grew, almost everybody had this virus that came through and messed up a lot of the cucumber, melon, zucchini things and had a lot of aphids that just kind of took over. And that's basically because when the, the plants, which, you know, vegetable plants need to, they need a lot of food because they're producing fruit. If they aren't getting the nutrients they need, they don't have this sort of natural chemical defense that they give off to make the bugs not take them over. So the soil was weak and it really showed. Um, the second season of growing things and really being able to add a lot of compost and just figuring out, oh look, you know, things were growing really slowly or they just didn't look well. So we just kind of figured out, oh, we really have to build the soil and build the soil. So that seems to be one of the most important things. Julie, have you found that since starting this garden that your relationship with your neighborhood has changed yeah, I would say that it has. I, I think that I, oh, thank you, sweetie. That's pretty. Chamomile flower. That's beautiful. You know, I know a lot of people in the neighborhood, and, and I think that I appreciate a lot of people, and a lot of people appreciate me, and so it's just sort of like there's just more community. There's more, you just know more people and working together, and there's positive and negative things about that. There's frustration sometimes about people not participating or the difficulty sometimes of not being able to communicate clearly because they there are a couple different languages that are spoken in the garden. So we're trying to work all that out. And as we go along, we're just figuring it out as we go. And so it is getting better, but there's a lot, a lot to learn. Or I'm learning a lot about just how to kind of manage a group of people and how to let them do what they need to do, but still make sure that I get help with taking care of 
the land here because in addition to people's plots, we have to weed the spaces in between the plots and to have, you know, a really vibrant kind of a live space, we have to really, you know, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work. So just getting people to get involved, figuring out how to make that work for everybody has been a challenge, but we're figuring it out. So in addition to this community garden, shifting your relationships with each other, relationships between neighbors, what about your relationship with growing things? And from the conversations you've had with people in this garden, mm -hmm. is that also something that's happening? And Yeah, we're definitely learning from one another, definitely learning from one another. Um, for instance, like um, one of the gardeners planted in their plot some mint, and mint is really invasive, and it just it kind of took over half their plot. But they didn't have the ant and aphid problem that a lot of other people did. So there was like, oh, maybe it's the mint. So people started planting mint in their garden and we're not struggling with that so much anymore. So we're all kind of figuring it out. Um, really experience is the best way. And a lot of knowledge is shared between people. You know, people bring different things with them based on if they've gardened before or if their family has a history of gardening. We're mostly learning from one another, and we have a person who's kind of a master gardener who comes every now and then and kind of gives little workshops and helps people with basic stuff, and so we've learned a lot from her as well. And what have you learned with your own relationship with your garden beds and the things that you're growing and you're eating? I'm learning that, um, that I still have to figure out how to plant less variety because I just get so excited about things and I, I crowd my plants too much and I plant too many different things and it, it doesn't work out. So I'm, I'm gradually learning that lesson, like just plant fewer different kinds of things and then I can get more of them, you know, like the carrots. It's like I had a really great harvest of carrots uh, like yesterday or the day before, but they were in the ground for several months. So it's like, well, maybe I should have half a bed of, of carrots and not like a sixteenth of a bed of carrots, you know. So it's like maybe plant four different things in the 50 square foot plot instead of 10 different things, you know. And So that seems like a, a kind of a metaphor for our life, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, simplify. Simplify and just get the things you want because things take up space. And, you know, if you have too many different things, you don't really get to enjoy all of them because they're just, um, they're too fleeting or they're, they're not getting, you know, the plants aren't getting their needs met, so. What do you have there? A caterpillar. A caterpillar. I found it in the ground. Oh, I see it. You're going to take it home? And I'm going to put it on my, in my little cup. Yeah, it's cute. I'm going to put all the dirt in there. So, Julie, uh, are people also, you, would you say that also the food is helpful for people that they're growing here? Yeah, definitely. I think that people are, you know, figuring out again, like, what they want to have, maybe in their kitchen that they, they can't get other places. 50 square feet is not really enough to plant all the vegetables that you would need for a family. You'd need probably two or three times that amount. And we do have one family that's, we have a couple of families that have two plots. And if people are in the garden long enough and are very responsible and want more space, then they can get on the waiting list and get more space. But, um, hold on one second. But, um, yeah, I think that people are growing food that they want. I, this guy had saved some seeds from Guatemala for like 10 years, thinking one day I'll garden and I'll plant them. Over, and, over uh, here, this bed that... Yeah, you know, unfortunately, he planted a lot of them and only a couple came up and I, and I think a bug got them. But um, I think he still has some left. 
because seeds are not they're barely viable when they're that old. But if you just plant enough of them, some something will come up. So, and he's actually letting most of his plot go to seed so he can have fresh seed for the future, like these onions he's had in the ground for about nine months. And I see they've got the flowers on them that are yeah. starting to go to seed. And what did he bring and was saving from Guatemala? What are those plants? Um, that's not them because uh, they didn't they didn't last. He had these chili peppers. They were dried chili peppers, and so he just broke them apart and got the seeds out. And Julie, can you take me to your sure. to your beds? Sure. I have one and a half beds right now. This is mine, and I have a lot of shard. Oh, I love you. you. Have a lot of greens. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. I've been getting kind of addicted to them. This is the wintertime is the time to grow leafy things and root things, and then summertime is the time to grow things that produce fruit. So been eating a lot of shard, a lot of arugula, which is so good, and I have lettuces in that little tiny bed over there. Uh, I'm growing some garlic, which isn't ready yet. I have broccoli, which for some reason I thought I planted cauliflower, but it came up broccoli. Well, same family, right? Yeah, yeah, and I like both of them. I have a lot of different onions in here, and this is my carrot patch. I have just a few beets. And, um, and this is arugula, and I'm letting some of it go to seed so I can save yeah, and there's mushrooms growing in there, too. And uh, a couple of things that I tried didn't work so well. I tried Chinese broccoli, and it just went to seed almost right away. Like, that's probably the biggest piece of Chinese broccoli I've gotten, and that's pretty small. So they just go, they flower and seed almost immediately, and I think they're probably just not the proper variety for this region. Well, what's amazing being here in the temperate climate of Los Angeles is that you can grow fruits and vegetables year-round. All year, all year long, yeah, you really can. And so the shard will keep going through the spring, and that it just keeps going, you know, and I cut the leaves, and a week later I can cut them again. And uh, the lettuce is great for that, too, and the spinach. You know, you just keep plucking the leaves off, and it just keeps going. So um, I also have some um, Brussels sprouts that are kind of struggling. Uh, the aphids are trying to get them, but I'm, I'm working on it. So what do you do? It's an organic garden. So yeah. if you're struggling with the aphids, what could well, you what use? I, I, I just added some compost and some um, alfalfa meal, which is a really good uh, organic fertilizer. It's just ground up hay. So I feel like they're since they've grown big, they're probably not getting enough food, and they're getting weak, and the bugs are getting them. And I think... It's really hard to do organic Brussels sprouts, but so far they've been pretty good. I just noticed aphids on them the other day. So I'm adding a lot of food and just making sure they aren't crowded. You know, I did that once before. I just looked at what was there and I pulled out the ones that were too close together. So I think if I keep giving them a lot of food, I think that um, they might be able to fight it. And I just keep spraying them with water, really with hard streams of water get them off and I have a um, organic like plant soap it's like a kind of an oil soap that you can spray on them and they don't like that so I do that every now and then too. Do you have a favorite vegetable that just excites you when it does well and you relish the eating of it? In the summer I grew some really good melons too <laughs> only two oh. they were really really good it was um this heirloom melon, I got really into heirlooms, which I think I'll do maybe 50% heirlooms now and 50% not. And they, they were harder and my so soil was bad, but these melons were just so good. Ananas melons. And uh, those were amazing. The arugula has been great and it just keeps coming. It's really delicious. I've been loving the lettuces most of all, just to be able to like pick all these interesting kinds of heirloom lettuces and just go home and make a salad and eat it. You know, it's just so immediate, so.
And do you have another kind of vision for this garden at this point? A year, you said? It's, a, it's about, been a year. It's been uh -huh. just a year with this community garden. My vision is just that it keep going, it keep running smoothly, that it sort of learns to run itself. So we're figuring out what that structure would be and how to make that happen. And so that's my goal is just to get it to run itself a little bit better. and. Um, just that people can figure out how to be really good gardeners and grow the food that they want to eat. And this is such an urban part of Los Angeles. Just just down the block, there's a very busy street. There's a highway just, uh, what, three blocks down, one of about four blocks away. The 10 freeway is just a few blocks away. USC that way. This is a very, it's a congested part of Los Angeles. Busy neighborhoods, very urban. So it's so wonderful. The calm in this garden is really very beautiful. And I'm sure it's also brought birds and butterflies. Yeah, yeah it has. It really has. So Oliver, we're here in your community garden. And I've been talking to Julie, who had the idea to start this garden. Do you like coming to the garden? Yes. And what do you like most about coming here? Picking my um, vegetables and fruit. And I saw you eating a carrot you had pulled up, a beautiful white carrot. How did it taste? Good. Well, I see you're here with two of your friends. The three of you have been running around the garden. So you enjoy eating the vegetables from your garden. Have you learned about, about the kinds of vegetables there are? Have you tried new kinds because of your garden here? You've probably eaten some greens that you hadn't eaten before. Like, I don't, we hadn't eaten much chard or much arugula at home and these melons that we had were so good I had never had this particular melon before so um you know when I can get him here he likes it sometimes it's just hard to pull him away from you know the other stuff he wants to do but when he's here he he usually likes it and do you have parties in the garden you know we don't garden um, parties I should yeah. say do you have garden parties we we haven't really had parties we had a little bake sale once and uh, it rained so it didn't do so well one of those rare rainy days I'm planning a, a, a planting party have it be a very festive thing and have music and have refreshments and trying to figure out again like more community building how the gardeners can there's some new gardeners that haven't met any other gardeners and they really want that community experience and also just to raise money because we're we're at a place where we need to raise money for the garden so and what does the money go towards the water bill our liability insurance and um, just other things we need like soil amendments or today I went and bought a few seed packs and a few little it's just like there's always something you know it's just I would say the first year we spent a lot of money on on soil amendments now that we have the compost we won't spend so much you know like I bought hay we put hay on top of the soil and it helps to keep the bugs away and keep the plants moist and stuff like that tools if tools break we buy new tools what's very inspiring about this is a reminder that do you want to come see my plot I want to see your plot I'm at Oliver's plot. What is this, Oliver? It's a big plant. Artichoke. And where is the artichoke? It hasn't grown yet. It takes two years. So pretty close to a year. So it's going to take one more year for it to bear fruit for the artichoke? Probably so. We might get some this year, but probably not till next year. And what else do you have in your plot, Oliver? Um, carrots and um, lettuce. 
And there's a strawberry that's almost growing over there. I see some tomatoes, some strawberries, Oliver, in your bed. Well, Julie, what you've done here in coming up with the idea and then putting in the effort which it took to organize this community garden is such a reminder for us that we can take action in these kinds of ways which can change our neighborhoods and allow us to meet each other mm -hmm. and to do something that's very good for the environment here mm -hmm. for so many different things is yeah. what what a garden represents yeah yeah i feel um grateful to have had so much help in getting it started and also grateful that i could have time in my schedule because I wasn't teaching, that I had time to, to get this all together and to help it along. It's been, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love just, you know, it's down the street from my house. So I love just walking down the street and being in this big open space and digging in the dirt is something I really like to do. And I can come and do it any, you know, anytime I want. And also, this was a burned down building. This was yeah. an empty lot and, and uh, the kind of place that you wanted to stay away from and not look at. And here yeah. we are, we're enjoying this piece yeah. of land now in this space. So this garden has changed the experience yeah. of the block. Yeah, it has. It really has. It's a different kind of space. It's a really joyous space now and it's a really... You know, I think people pass by the fence and they just are like, how can I get in here, you know, because there's a padlock on it. You have to be a member of the garden and have a plot to be able to come in. So um, it's just really uplifted a lot of people in the neighborhood to see things growing, to just see things growing makes people happy. Thank you so much, Julie. I've been speaking with Julie Burley. Thank you, Sabrina. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm speaking with Julie here in the community garden on Raymond I Avenue garden. in Los Angeles. Thank you, Oliver. And what is your name again? Aurelius. Aurelius. Aurelius, thank you so much. I'm excited to visit the garden again, now two years old, and see how Oliver's artichokes are doing. To find out more about Julie Burley, please visit www.myhomeharvest.com. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell with assistant producer Babe Howard. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels. Hi, this is Levi from Chicago. The main reason I love Bullseye is because Jesse Thorne is genuinely interested in establishing a ground of conversation with his guests and getting beyond what they've told other people. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week, legendary actor John Turturro from Do the Right Thing, The Big Lebowski, and the new film Gloria Bell. Plus, I'll talk with the Norwegian creators of the Netflix sitcom Norwegian.